Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky generation adidas now powered by inspire sport in combination with united soccer coaches is presenting a trip of a lifetime an opportunity to attend the world cup coming up in qatar and going over with united soccer coaches is the director of coaching education Vince Gansberg and Ralph Perez. Ralph is a legend of the game with more than 30 years of coaching experience. He was the assistant coach for the 1990 U.S. World Cup team. He has been the head coach of the Redlands Bulldogs for a long, long time. In 2006, he joined the Bulldogs after serving as the men's national staff coach for the West region of the U.S. Soccer Federation, where he helped the U.S. team qualify for the World Cup for the first time in 40 years in 1990. He led the 1989 World Cup under 20 team to a fourth place finish boasting the best results for that team in program history ralph perez will kick off the show and he'll talk about this incredible opportunity for 45 members of united soccer coaches to go over to qatar see three world cup games including the england versus usa game how about that Hey, tonight on the Big Ten Network, it's Stanford with three national championships under Paul Radcliffe taking on Northwestern, who would like to be the Stanford of the Midwest. Today, we're going to talk to their assistant coaches, Melissa Hayes Charlotte the first-year assistant coach at Stanford, played at Penn State for three years after one year at North Carolina. She is the new assistant coach under Paul Ratcliffe. She is on the show. And then how about Rich Manning? He actually played for Ralph Perez and Steve Sampson at Santa Clara, coached in youth, coached in high school, became the head coach at Utah for 19 seasons. Now he's working for his brother-in-law, Michael Moynihan. That's right. He married Michael's sister, Sue, who also has a legendary name in in the game of soccer the entire Moynihan family does in fact Rich Manning is on the show and we end by meeting one more member of the national staff office out at United Soccer Coaches Remy Mays that's our show and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor League Apps We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Generation Adidas International, powered by Inspire Sport, is proud to be a partner with United Soccer Coaches to offer you, all of our members, one of the most exclusive soccer experiences at the 2020 FIFA Men's World Cup. Your trip will begin on November 19 and return on November 30th. The 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup officially begins on November 21 with the final set for December 18. 
This is one of the most difficult World Cups to experience, and we are excited to give you the opportunity to attend at fantastic pricing. This trip is limited to the first 45 people who register, and it will sell out fast. Pricing includes apartment-style housing for all 10 nights, tickets to all three England matches. We are anticipating tickets to additional games being available for an additional cost for those interested. World-class coach education throughout the trip, led by United Soccer Coaches Director of Coach Education, Vince Gansberg, and one of my all-time favorites, former U.S. National Team Assistant Coach Ralph Perez, who's been the head coach at the University of Redlands, a fantastic D3 school since 2006. He's worked in the MLS. He's been with U.S. Soccer. He is an icon truly in the game. And Ralph Perez joins me now to talk about this truly one-of-a-kind World Cup experience that 45 people will be able to take advantage of. Sir Ralph Perez, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Well, thank you for having me on, Dean. And I, I think this package is something to be special for the, anyone that you know can participate because um, going to a World Cup, as you well know, is pretty special. Uh, it's a four-year, every four-year event. The fact that we missed the last World Cup in Russia, going now to this one and then the group we're in, is a, a, a real competitive group. So uh, I think that, you know, seeing games live are the best way to see our sport. I mean, yes, television is second best, but seeing the game live and taking in that ambiance, that experience is going to be great. And working with Vince Gansberg, who's uh, the director of coaching for the United Soccer Coaches, we're both trying to make this experience even more enriching for those that are will be attending us, going with us. I need to remind everybody right away that this is billed as three games for England. Well, hello, England plays the USA. So that should be enough said right there. You know, we go back to 2010 when Bob Bradley was the coach. England was in our group in South Africa. And uh, I always remind my good English friends uh, who won the group <laughs> and what was the England result. You know, I saw the game live in Las Vegas. I was in a nice uh, hotel there. Uh, right on the strip and they had it on a big screen in one of the showrooms and uh, we drew that game on a hollow goal there that uh, the English goalie gave in but we'll take it so I, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic match and the fact of the matter that our American fans now can watch EPL soccer so so many games just like my players the other day on the bus were watching Arsenal against Man U on a drive from Michigan back to Chicago so these kids are well-informed, just like coaches. Uh, I mean, every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all week long, these EPL games are coming to us all the time. So that's going to be a very formidable team. They lost in the Euros to Italy on PKs. They had a good World Cup under Southgate in, in Russia. So it's going to be a very experienced, quality opponent. Then Wales with a team that hasn't been in a World Cup in, since 1958. But they have a world-class player in Garth Bale that we're all aware of and now playing for LAFC. Uh, they got in the back way. Uh, they played in. And then, obviously, the one team that I think a lot of Americans don't know, Iran, has been in the last two World Cups uh, under the direction of a very close friend of mine who I worked with in MLS, Carlos Queiroz. Uh, he had them in the last two World Cups and made them very competitive in Asia and very competitive in the two World Cups. Uh, both in Russia and Brazil. And I think they're out to prove that they want to get out of the group. And that third game 
is going to be a massive game for the U.S. to get through, as well as the first game with Wales. And then obviously England will be a, a, a game to remember for the rest of your lives. You're hearing the voice of truly one of the legends of U.S. soccer, Ralph Perez, the top assistant for the 1990 U.S. World Cup team, a team that had to qualify for the first time in 40 years. And he was handpicked by United Soccer Coaches to join our director of coaching education, Vince Gansberg, on this one-of-a-kind trip to the 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup. The trip will be from November 19th to November 30th. And Ralph, you think about all of the coaches out there, and it really says a lot about your history, about your pedigree, about the way you carry yourself, and also your ties to United Soccer Coaches, for them to reach out to you to say, hey, Ralph, we want you to be a part of this exclusive trip. That's quite an honor, my man. I, I feel that as well. I thank Mr. Jeff Van Dusen for that selection. I've been blessed to be really honest with you, Dean. and We know each other really well. I consider you a great friend. I was with Coach Gansler with the under-20s, and then it parlayed into the, the 1989 qualifications, 88, to get to the World Cup. And Italy, as you mentioned, you know, 40 years, non-presence in World Cups, the United States. Uh, then I stayed on with Bora, who came on as the national coach, and we won the first Gold Cup together in 91. I was with him through 92. And then when the team based in Mission Viejo, which is you're very familiar with that, with you and Bill Nuttall running that show there in Mission Viejo, team was based there to prepare for the 94 World Cup, uh, something unique because we didn't have a pro league at that, at that time. So uh, having that experience with Boda and then actually my first two years in MLS to work with two, I consider world-class coaches in Carlos Quiroz, who I mentioned about Iran, but he also was an assistant at Man U. He coached Portugal, he coached South Africa in World Cups. He's won two under 20 World Cups with uh, Portugal. His resume goes on and on. Real Madrid, he coached. Uh, and what a world-class guy. And, uh, and then the next year, he left to go to the J-League. And then I got to work with Carlos Alberto Pereira, who won the World Cup in 94. So it was two years where I felt like I was working with some people in, in the laboratory of soccer that really professors in the game. And uh, I learned a great deal from those gentlemen. And then obviously uh, the late Ziggy Schmidt, I was with him uh, for seven years with the Galaxy and we won an Open Cup, we won a Confederations Cup and we won a MLS Cup together. So I've been blessed. And when I look at World Cups, I always look at it this way, Dean. It's, it's, it's the Super Bowl, but it's, it really comes down to a world championship. You've got every country trying to qualify. That process takes two years, then they qualify, then you get the 32 teams that get there. And then it's just a, a special event. I've been able to attend a few in my lifetime as a fan. And obviously in 1990, as you would as well know, being in the hot seat, that ain't easy. And playing the host nation of Italy, the Czech Republic and Austria, three European teams. Uh, our World Cup now in uh, 2022 uh, here, we got two European teams in Wales and England. And then we have the Asian, probably one of the best teams in Asia in, uh, in Iran. So, I mean, we, we, got, we got ourselves a real difficult group. You're going to go over there and you're going to enjoy it, but make no mistake, the 45 coaches that act quickly and get signed up for this, not only are they going to be able to attend the games, but they'll have 
firsthand education with you and Vince right there on the spot as part of their time there. Yes, it's going to be fun. Yes, you might have an adult cocktail every once in a while, but they're going to be, it's going to be a great learning experience for coaches of all ages, all genders. Well, here's the thing that, uh, you know, we're going to let a little bit of the cat out of the bag now because uh, even even uh, many of the people that sign up aren't aware of what I've been doing since I've been appointed this position. I've already spoke to uh, Steve Sampson, who's going to be over there working for Univision. And he's going to do me a favor and hook up with me and Borra, two former national coaches, our 94, our 98 World Cup head coaches. They're going to come over and talk to the group, which will be special. Then secondly, I know that Jurgen Klingsman's over there working for the German TV. And I've sent a little message to Jurgen if he could find a window of time to come on over and speak to our group. Because uh, it's not a very big venue, uh, uh, Qatar. I mean, it's the size of Connecticut, okay, is, is what I've been told. And, uh, and then I spoke to Alexi Lalas, who we all know very well, and, and Kobe Jones. They'll be working for Fox. And they've even offered to bring this group of coaches and this group over to the set of uh, where they're doing all the television broadcasting and let the let our people get over there and then also have a word with them, Alexi and Kobe, who are both members of the 94 World Cup team, both members of the 98 World Cup team, and uh, were with, uh, with me in the 92 Barcelona Olympics. And I got to coach both of them on that 2000 team that just celebrated last night, 20-year reunion of the first MLS Cup for LA Galaxy in 2002. So it'll be nice. That'll be nice little perks of these kinds of uh, special people. And if I, if Kirosh and Pereira are over there, I know they would do me the favor as well to come and address. So we're going to try to spice this up the best way I know how to make it something memorable and, and not, you know, something that these people will never forget because I think we want to make it enriching in the coaching side, as well as, uh, you know, just that, that side of taking in that whole world and, and taking in some special events that the United soccer coaches will get going with us. That's awesome. Forget Kevin Bacon's six degrees of separation. As it relates to Ralph Perez, there is 0.5% separation <laughs> to everybody across the world. And please note that as part of this trip, it's truly a unique World Cup location. Meals and transportation are not included in the trip, but Qatar is going to be offering public transportation to and from the game. So don't worry if you're interested in assistance with booking your flights, Please let United Soccer Coaches know. They'll be happy to work with you. The program is open to any active United Soccer Coaches member over the age of 18 years old. Please contact a United Soccer Coaches member, services member at membership at unitedsoccercoaches.org. If you are not an active member or are unsure of your status, the registration deadline, by the way, is October 10th or 45 total people, whichever comes first. A couple more questions for Ralph Perez, who's done a great job talking about this one-of-a-kind experience at the World Cup in Qatar with Vince Gansberg, limited to 45 people. And you just talked about a special reunion. You've got another special reunion coming up uh, over the holidays with that 1990 World Cup team. Can you share a little bit on that? Yeah, we, we, we've been frustrated, and I think everybody's been frustrated with COVID. We had it all planned for Anaheim, and then that convention got canceled. And then we had it settled. All right, we're going to do it in Kansas City. And then that outbreak, uh, I think the guys decided they would hold off. So we're going to try to do it in January there in uh, our favorite place, South Florida, because that was our home base for all our World Cup qualifications. We kind of lived that FIU 
uh, campus there. Thanks to Carl Kremser and Munga, we were using that field constantly. So we're going to do that. And Jan Osborne is really working hard on getting the word out. I think the 20 members that are still living out of the 22, we lost two of our brothers and Jimmy Banks and uh, David Van Oli. But we plan on getting together. Uh, the guys are willing to put their own money into this event. Uh, it's 30 years, as you can recall, uh, quick 30 years. But uh, yeah, it'll be special. I'm making a highlight tape of it right now. It's kind of a labor of love, uh, converting VCR tapes to DVD tapes uh, and hearing JP Della Cameron doing the calls on these games. Brings back good memories. And then obviously the World Cup itself. Uh, maybe our best highlight probably was our game against Italy. Uh, I think that one was very special and memorable. And uh, I think the guys are excited to see one another because, you know, I don't, I don't think the, all of us can recall all at the same place, same time in the last uh, 20 plus years. That's incredible. So it'll be good. Yeah, it'll and, be great. And, and, that, and that's, you know, that's exciting because it is a World Cup year and uh, it, it, it surely was the starting point, the 90 team. Got it going, got MLS, a springboard off it because the 94 World Cup was here in the U.S. And surely the byproduct of that of Major League Soccer and, and the Women's Pro League with the 99 championship team. We, we've gone a long way, Dean, and, uh, and you know it better than anyone where we've gone in the last 30 plus years with uh, men and women soccer in our country. And obviously the United Soccer Coaches is a very, very instrumental group to supporting our coaches' endeavors uh, to enrich themselves. And this, I look at this as a true enrichment program to go over there. I don't know though, that one comment you made about a, a drink, I, I, we might be drinking Coca-Cola because I, I, at this moment, they're still trying to negotiate the alcohol situation uh, in these kind of countries. I was there in Saudi Arabia in 1989, year of the 20, and the late Walt Barr was always saying, you know, uh, you know, the only place we could get it was in the American embassies. <laughs> but you learn all these things through travel. I talked to Tom King. It's exciting. At the end of this month, our World Cup team is getting their last prep. They're playing two games in Europe. They're playing Saudi Arabia and Japan, I think in Spain, so that American-based players that play in Europe don't have to come all the way across the pond to play back here in the U.S. So they're going to do their two prep games there. And it's not a big window because this is the first World Cup not in the summer. It's a unique situation. It's going to be in November. You know, we're going to be eating our turkey and watching soccer, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's a little different, but it's exciting. And the other factor that I think, this is just my own personal opinion, I think the players that are playing in the World Cup are going to be a little fresher, meaning that they don't have 50, 60 games on their legs because they're coming in to play in November where they've only got about 15 games, but they'll be at their max. They'll be fit and I think it'll make for, I think, a, even a, a better World Cup personally because the guys aren't, you know, playing so many games on their legs. And I think it might it might make for an exciting time. I, I know that the Vegas people got the odds on the on who's favorite. And uh, it's interesting to see the the odds makers because they uh, say what you want. Those guys don't know their stuff. I mean, that's why Vegas kept getting bigger and bigger <laughs> because they're right and seldom wrong. Great to be with Ralph Perez, reminding you that Generation Adidas International, powered by Inspire Sport, is proud to be a partner with United Soccer Coaches to offer you one of the most exclusive soccer experiences at the 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup. 
Find out more by going to membership at unitedsoccercoaches.org or just to unitedsoccercoaches.org. I loved all those stories. I actually joined U.S. soccer when I was still in college in 89, was actually the American correspondent when you guys were over in Italy, was working with U.S. soccer even while I was still in college, and I owe everything in my life to U.S. soccer, including my wife. And of course, to Ralph Perez, I'm only just this little podcast guy. So I'll end with this. Speaking of podcasts, I know you and Ray Reed have your own podcast. I'm going to let you promote that as well. Well, you know, here's what I say. You know, I, I think, the, you know, I've always enjoyed coming on the podcast with you. It was a brainchild of when Ray was thinking of stepping down uh, at UConn. Uh, we said, how can we serve the game as we get older? And you know, we love talking soccer. Uh, we love uh, the game itself. So we called it for the love of the game uh, with Ray Reed and Ralph Perez. Uh, we've had some great, in the first season, some great people on there. We had, uh, you know, Nelson Rodriguez and we had uh, Amanda who's running the USL. I think she's, you know, a really, really classy woman, and, uh, Amanda Vandervoort. And then we had Player-wise, Taylor Twelman, Alexi Lalas, Kobe Jones. We had J.P. Della Cameron. We had Bill Manning, who was the uh, GM of Toronto, also was the GM at Real Salt Lake. And then just this new season, we – oh, and by the way, we started out, I, I should forget, I think was one of our best ones, was Carly Lloyd. Her, her uh, comments about how she saw the game from her eyes was fabulous. Uh, matter of fact, my team is going to hear that one this week because – she claims that you can't play this game unless you're 100% fit. And she based her success on her demands on herself for fitness. She was great. I never really got to really chat with her. Uh, we just started with uh, the second season with one of my all-time favorites, Chris Almas. And we had him on. And uh, that was really, really good. And then we had a legend on, Rick Jacobs, uh, St. Benedict's prep coach, who only won 94% of his games as a high school coach, you know, and, uh, in 25 years. Uh, and, uh, and now next week we got Christy Lilly on. And then later on, as we go towards the world cup, we are, we've lined up all the boys, Bob Gansler, Bora, Samson, uh, Bruce Arena, Bob Bradley, Jurgen Klingsman. And then we'll end with uh, Greg Berhold. Wow. That is big time. Say the name of the podcast one more time. For the love of the game. Uh, with Ray Reed and Ralph Perez. And the other thing that we have on, on the other sides, and I can never forget because they're the Brazils of the world, our women's team. They've won four World Cups. We have Jill Ellis, Jill Ellis coming on. Uh, we want to get Anson Darns on for sure. We want to get some players on as we go forward, you know, some of our former national teams, as, as we're doing with the men and women, because I think they all have some great stories to share with our soccer people, as you well know because you've done a, a thousand of these already and also through your television broadcasting experience. <laughs> well, you always have some great stories to tell. And let me tell you folks, if you've got a chance to go to the world cup and hang out with Ralph Perez and Vince Gansberg, and as he has already said, he's going to bring former national team coaches into that pod as well. 
a one-of-a-kind experience. You've got to register now. Remember, this expires on October 10th. So sign up right now. Learn more by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org or just call United Soccer Coaches. They are ready to talk to you about going over to Qatar and watching England play three games, including a big one against the USA. Kicking off the show with the legend of the game, Ralph Perez. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, Ralph. Truly my pleasure, Dean, and I, I appreciate your work and I appreciate the United Soccer Coaches and all their work uh, serving the coaches and administrators and refs and everybody of the game. And my only advice on a thing like this where you're saying it's first come, first serve, like I tell my players, don't be late, don't be last, because sometimes you'll be let out. Wow, it's hard to top that, Andy. Ralph, always a pleasure. Good luck with your University of Redlands team and have a great time over at the World Cup. Thank you, Dean. Rico Suave, Ralph Perez, that man is fantastic. Great personality, great, great servant to the game, and what a tremendous pickup by United Soccer Coaches to have him involved in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. As you know, I also love calling games, and tonight I've got a good one on the Big Ten Network, 8 p.m. Eastern. I've got Stanford, who've won three national championships, under the former UCLA Bruin, Paul Ratcliffe, talking about their women's soccer team, taking on Michael Moynihan's Northwestern Wildcats. All great head coaches know that part of their success is having great assistant coaches. For instance, Paul Ratcliffe's seven-year assistant, Marguerite Awazasa, is now the head coach at UCLA. UCLA is number one in the country after beating Duke and North Carolina in the state of North Carolina last week. Replacing Marguerite Awazasa on the coaching staff for Paul Ratcliffe is Melissa Hayes Charlotte. Called her games at Penn State and now she's on the bench with Paul Ratcliffe, former Youth International, big, big, big time player. Love talking to her. She is up next. And then after her, Rich Manning, the 19 year head coach at Utah, is now the assistant under Michael Moynihan at Northwestern. That's right. Melissa Charlotte and Rich Manning. We start with Melissa after these messages. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. As you already heard, I'm all fired up. Tonight is the call, 8 o'clock Eastern time on the Big Ten Network. Stanford is in Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats, two amazing academic institutions and two big-time soccer programs. Stanford, obviously one of the best. We're joined by their new assistant coach, Melissa hayes Charlotte, And I'm going to throw the Hayes in there because there's so many ties that bind with that. And we welcome Melissa to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome on game day, coach. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We're delighted to tell your story because before we started, I was like, all right, you spent one year at North Carolina, then you went to Penn State. I live in Chapel Hill. I've covered the Nittany Lions. I remember one time there was like this swap where Allie Long from Penn State 
went to UNC. And then there was this player that went from North Carolina to Penn State. And the Charlotte threw me off. But Melissa Hayes, that's you. So let's go back to those days. One year at North Carolina where you won a national championship. And then you transferred to Penn State. Talk about winning that title and your decision to transfer. Freshman year was awesome. I had a great experience. Went with so many of my youth national team teammates, great friends. I had a great experience there, just style of play and that kind of thing. Long-term, both Anson was great. Both me and Anson sat down and was just like, you know what, there might be better fits out there. And so they were great and supportive. And Erica was my U-17 national team coach, and she had just gotten the Penn State job. And so it's kind of just awesome timing. And yeah, went and, went and visited there and yeah, it ended up being a great decision and loved my whole college experience all four years. So Well, that's awesome. I mean, I live in Chapel Hill, but when people ask me where my favorite place is to call a game, and I'm not saying this in a sycophantic way, I say Happy Valley. I love calling games at Happy Valley. So you must have loved your three years there. Yeah, yeah. And it was great people and awesome atmosphere and fun school. So I'm, I'm very grateful. My whole soccer journey, I've been very blessed with good people and good experiences. So, Well, you were blessed because you're also really good, as you mentioned, spending time with the U.S. Youth National Team program as well. Okay, so after Penn State, walk us through everything you did, because I think you also spent one year in Madrid, where my wife was born. So I like that tie as well. I know, so many good connections. Right after senior year, I wasn't quite done wanting to play yet. Still had a little bit of itch. And then I also minored in Spanish. And so I was like, oh, it'd be great if I could go somewhere and try and become fluent, which never happened and still get to play a little soccer. So just for one season, it was an incredible experience just getting to live in a different culture. And the the men's national team had just won the World Cup that summer right before I went. So it was just like such a fun energy and how much the Spanish love their soccer. So it was so fun. Good experience. So when did you get the coaching bug? Was it before you went to college? Was it during college? Was it in Spain? When did you get that bug? I think it was something that was always I kind of always figured it would probably happen. And, you know, I had really great coaches from when I was 10 years old all the way through my playing career. And so I think I always kind of approached the game with the coach's mind. So after I went to Spain, I did Teach for America. So I got into teaching, kind of needed a little break from soccer, (laughs) I think, at the point. And so I went into teaching and low-income schools. And it was a two-year commitment, ended up doing it for five years. And then that led me eventually to Denver, where the um, Metro State and assistant job opened up and reached out there. And so that's when the coaching kicked back in. So, Melissa, that's not a bad place to start your coaching career. Denver's God's country. How much did you enjoy that experience? Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. Me and my husband, we love living just in Denver and getting to go snowboarding on Saturdays, mm-hmm. drive back home and <laughs> go grocery shopping and watch a movie in the same day. Yeah, it's such a great place to live. And then I'm so grateful. Adrian Peets was the head coach and she she's incredible head coach. I learned so much from her just in player management and how she approaches the game and the job. And she took a chance on me. I didn't have any coaching experience and She was actually pregnant at the time and knew I would be the interim head coach that first fall. So I give her a lot of credit for kind of taking a leap of faith and yeah, grateful for her to get that career started. One big moment that uh, we need to address is you married Kevin Charlo in 2013. How did you meet Kevin? We met 
at a North Carolina mutual friend wedding. So right in Raleigh. Uh, Yeah, his best friend, since he could walk, played men's soccer at Carolina. And then his now wife, formerly Casey Nagara. Wow. She, yeah. So I knew her growing up with the national teams and then at Carolina. So they eventually ended up getting married. And at that wedding, yeah, we met. The ties that soccer binds, exactly, right? Uh, so you meet, exactly. Meet your husband. Okay. So you find out that Marguerite Alazasa is leaving and this big time job opens up under one of the best coaches in the game and Paul Radcliffe. Talk about your process. Did he reach out to you? Did you reach out to him? How in the world did you get this amazing job? Because it's a big time job. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Again, just a lot of God showing what's next and moving a lot of a lot of open doors. And I was working with MVLA under Albertine Montoya, who is one of the best in the world um, as a coach and just a human being. And um, so I was working with him, and I think he kind of threw my name out there to Paul. And then, um, yeah, I was in Oklahoma at the time visiting my husband's family for Christmas and got a text from Paul. And yeah, we sat down initially just casually to see if it's something that, you know, we'd both be interested in and and then kind of led through there through the formal process of interviewing and all that. How about that? So last week we had Marguerite Alazasa, who you essentially replaced and now has UCLA at number one in the country as this podcast is released and as you get ready to play Northwestern tonight and let me tell you she ended the interview last week saying that one of the best connectors and biggest influences in her life was Albertine Montoya so (laughs) that's a great tie right he's a big time coach Oh, he's amazing. He in and out, just big picture, how he coaches to little, how he manages people, how he treats his players, whether they're five years old or 30 years old. He's, he's incredible. So yeah. And Marguerite, yeah, she's awesome. So happy for her that, you know, it's going well for her. And, but yeah, Albert, Albertine's awesome. It's, I've learned so much under him and still being close by to keep in touch with him. And then his daughter is on our, on our team. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he's just actually headed out to the East Coast to finish Mm -hmm. up with the spirit. As certainly Mark Recorin knows a good coach when he sees one. Exactly. Yeah. Picking Albertine. I want to get to the game tonight, but before I do, just going back to the connection to Marguerite and you sliding in there under Paul, how weird is that going to be when Stanford plays UCLA? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to be wild now. I know. No, we're all really looking forward to it. Marguerite and Paul are really close and they both have so much respect for each other. So many little ties and connections. So, you know, UCLA is a great team. They have great talent this year and we're doing well and have a strong unit. So I think it's going to be a blast that night. One of the things that Marguerite said about some of her mentors, and she said the same thing about Albertine that you said. And then when she talked about Paul, she said one of the things she took away from Paul is the way Paul handled staff management and getting input from the staff. You've only been there some early doors, but have you seen that already as well? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's so inclusive of his staff. Same how he treats his players. He really wants to empower people. He brings players in that he trusts and likes and same with his staff and really wants to make sure that everyone's heard. He values our opinions. You know, obviously we all have so much respect for him and are learning so much. And he really does value his staff and want us to grow in the ways that we want to grow and learn from him, learn from each other. I'm very grateful to be in in this role where he's done such an incredible job. And every day I'm learning little things. And so it's great. And then Paul Hart, our assistant, is 
like so experienced and so just an awesome person too. So it's every day is just full of learning opportunities. So glad to have the assistant coach for the Stanford women's soccer team, Melissa Charlotte, formerly Melissa Hayes, who won a natty at North Carolina and finished her great collegiate career at Penn State. This after a great youth national team experience as well. And look, you've lived a lot of great places. Living on the quote farm isn't too bad either, is it? <laughs> I can't really complain. We joke, we go out to practice and we're like, is it going to be perfect today or like slightly perfect? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. We're, we're loving it. So, yeah. all right. So before we turn to this game, I want to get your best memory as a player because you had a great career. It can be at any level, college, pro, youth. And then I want to get your best memory so far as a coach. We'll start with as a player. I know you've got a lot to pick from, but what comes <laughs> to mind as a best memory as a player? Oh, man, I know. This is such a hard question. Honestly, as a player, when I like think of my career and look back, a lot of the practices, like hard, tough practices and like little moments of like getting in a slide tackle and popping up and going straight to goal or like rallying your team to do better. So that always comes first. And then my sophomore year, I think it was the first round, maybe the second round, there was snow all over the field. We were down 1-0 to somebody, I can't even remember. And there was 17 seconds left. And then we ended up scoring to tie in regulation and then got a quick goal in overtime to go on to the next round so that was probably the next most like specific exciting exciting memory incredible yeah, yeah. and then how about your best memory as a coach so far oh that might be even harder I really love the interactions with the the players and reaching out like when former players reach out and just check in and yeah, those relationships that you build. And I know my relationships with my former coaches are, I value them so much. So, and that's a big reason why I want to coach to, you know, give back that experience that I was given. So I think that's the most rewarding or the thing I value the most. All right. I like both of those answers. And, you know, I think about, you know, the mentors that you've been around. You talk about Albertine Montoya one year with Anson Dorrance, Erica Dombach, who, you know, I think could be the next national team coach if she wanted to. Of course, she's also busy being a wonderful mom to those beautiful <laughs> blue eyed girls as well. And now Paul Ratcliffe. I mean, the list is endless. So I'm guessing you kind of maybe have the same philosophy of United soccer coaches. And that is listen, learn and share and continue to gain education. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a big one, my first like competitive club coach was Matt Potter. who's mm. now at Kansas city. So he was a huge, he still is a huge mentor and piece of that, but yeah, there's so many, and all of these people are, are incredible human beings first, and then they love the game of soccer and always want to keep getting better. So yeah, gotten to learn from some good ones. Yep, we've had all of those on the podcast, yep. including Matt as well. He's been on. So glad that you're joining the list of people that are on. Okay, one more question before we get to the game. And that is when you turn on to watch the U.S. women's team now, it is Stanford after Stanford after Stanford, <laughs> which it used to be North Carolina after North, but now it's, I mean, it's I Stanford light. How cool is that? It's so amazing. And I think, you know, before I joined staff at Stanford, I knew how obviously good they were and loved watching them play in the style that they play but now kind of getting to see behind the doors a little bit and really when you look at those numbers it's crazy how many Stanford players are on the full national team I think there's like 9 10 11 with injuries and not like a whole starting lineup could be could be yeah 
and then in the pros too I mean and it's really and I, I it's no surprise now getting to watch Paul coach that he really he's so good at developing those elite players and he gives them such freedom but also he's so good at finding like the next little tidbit to make them reach their next level so yeah it's awesome and it's exciting to watch well, it'll be exciting to call tonight as one of the fascinating things about this game is Michael Moynihan had a couple good runs a few years ago, and I asked him about his success, and he's like, look, we want to be the Stanford of the Midwest. We're high academic. Of course, yeah. Stanford, high academic. We want to try to get it done. They have set the bar. Obviously, Northwestern still has some work to do to get there, but based on that statement, this is a fascinating matchup tonight on the Big Ten Network. Stanford and Northwestern, they're coming off a big win. It won't be just an easy walk in the park, will it, Coach? Oh, absolutely not. No, any one, anytime you go on the road is a different kind of challenge. And but yeah, Northwest, they're a tough team. They're the organized, they know their game plan, they have certain strengths that are, you know, difficult to to defend. And um, yeah, no, we're not um, we know this is gonna be a tough one. And um, the girls are definitely up for the challenge. And so I think it'll be an exciting night. Can't wait to see you on the bench on the Big Ten network. Look, you're only there one year. We already told the story about the person you replaced who now has UCLA at number one. As you look into the future, you look into your crystal ball, 10 years from now, Melissa, would you like to be a head coach either at the college level or even a, a higher level? Yeah, you know, you get that question a lot. And I've really, I've really just tried to approach my career and kind of life of the opportunity that's in front right now to do the best job that I can do and grow as much as I can. And we'll see where that leads down the road. But I just want to do a good job for Stanford right now and do what's right for my family. And right now we're loving this. So yeah, the 10 year plan, I've quickly learned that like every year or two, the plan always changes. <laughs> so trying to just embrace this current opportunity and we'll see what you know, comes next, but yeah, I just want to do a good job where I am right now. All right. We'll end with this because you use a key word there, opportunity. And I feel like finally, we're not there yet, but finally women are getting all kinds of opportunity to make their mark on the game, to make their mark as coaches. You're another great example. How proud are you of the fact that there are tremendous strides being made for women in the game? Oh, it's awesome. I remember, I mean, when I was little, <laughs> like on our, the, with the national teams with all my close friends, we would always, we remember writing a letter to U.S. soccer, trying to get, I think in Bradenton, the men had residency and writing a letter if we could get residency. And we just, we wanted, people asked what we wanted to do. And we were like, oh, we want to play pro soccer. It wasn't even close to existing at the time. So knowing that we could have those dreams when it didn't even exist. And now that young girls can come out to these college games and see and the opportunities at the pros and the national team and just the investment that's going into women's soccer and the opportunities. It's awesome. It, it's so great. It's so great to reconnect. And I'm so glad that right away we figured out that you're Melissa <laughs> Hayes, Charlotte, because I called your games and I remember that flip-flop between those two teams. You were awesome. Penn State was awesome. Everywhere you've been, is awesome and i know you're going to do great things at stanford good luck tonight against northwestern and indeed my honor to have you on the united soccer coaches podcast thanks for joining us thank you so much all right so that's one half of the game tonight we will talk to the assistant coach for northwestern rich manning 
who spent 19 years as the head coach of Utah. That meant some of the time he would have to play Stanford in the Pac-12. So he knows Stanford well, and obviously he knows Northwestern well now because guess what? He is the brother-in-law to the head coach, Michael Moynihan. That's right. He married Michael Moynihan's very famous sister, Sue, who is a great coach herself. And the Moynihan family is massive in soccer. Rich Manning, assistant coach for Northwestern, on the bounce. This is Dean Linke, longtime college soccer play-by-play -play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. As you heard tonight, I'll be on the call on the Big Ten Network for a massive non-conference game as the Cardinal from Stanford will be in Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. That game again, 8 o'clock, Big Ten Network, Jackie Manny will join me on the call. And I'm so pleased to be joined by one of the top assistants for the Northwestern women's soccer team who has an impressive career. Rich Manning joined the Wildcats as an assistant coach in June 2021 after previously serving as the head coach at Utah for 19 years. In Salt Lake City, he led the Utes to eight NCAA tournament appearances and five Mountain West championships. He also was an associate head coach at Santa Clara when the Broncos captured the national title in 2001. Rich Manning, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Great to be here. Obviously, big game tonight. You know, it's interesting. Your head coach for Northwestern and a good friend of yours, Michael Moynihan, has long talked about the fact that he'd like Northwestern to become the Stanford of the Midwest, and now you get a chance to play Stanford. It'll be a massive test for you, Coach. It will be. You know, and leaving the Pac-12, I thought I was going to avoid Stanford, and here we are right away for us again. It's really fun to play them. They obviously represent, you know, excellence in and at an elite level in, in women's college soccer. And I'm good friends with their staff and just really look forward to the challenge. And for us, it's really exciting to play against the best, you know, and see we have a good developing team, some new people, and just to see where we're at will be really great for us. Well, I want to go back here because Ralph Perez is also on the show. Ralph Perez, along with Vince Gansberg, will be leading a contingent of members of the United Soccer Coaches over to Qatar for the World Cup, which will be exciting. Of course, Ralph Perez, no stranger to World Cups and no stranger to big-time college soccer. You, I learned, played for Ralph Perez and Steve Sampson at Santa Clara. Do I have that right? You do. I love those guys. But Ralph's just, he's been like a, a great mentor for me and a good person and a really great experience at Santa Clara with him. All right, well, let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us where you grew up and how you found your way to Santa Clara, and then talk about the success you had at Santa Clara before you got into coaching. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles. I played AYSO every Saturday with my buddies all the way through high school. We never we played spring select, but never really played club. And I grew up with people from Mexico and Cuba and England, 
all over the world, just playing soccer with my, my friends every weekend and kind of learn the game that way. A lot of my buddies played at Cal State Northridge on the really good Division II teams they had in the 80s and 90s. Alberto Brew, AB, is a really great, one of my closest friends played with us, and he's a, he's a top coach in Southern California with Real SoCal. Of course, I ended up at Santa Clara because somebody from their staff came to watch me play a high school game. Well, they came to watch my friend John play. Everyone came to watch John play. He scored like 120 goals in high school and uh, Ziggy Schmidt came and everyone was coming to watch him and Santa Clara came and they happened to see me play and said, well, we think this little short, little slow guy might be okay. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll give him a tryout. Well, what do you remember? Because Steve Sampson and Ralph Perez, they really don't feel that old to me. You know, I, I worked with Steve Sampson on the 94 World Cup team. I worked with Ralph, you know, a little bit in between the 90 World Cup and the 94 World Cup. Got to know him really well at all the Olympic festivals. And I continue to talk to Ralph, it seems like almost bi-monthly, as whenever I need a laugh, I call Ralph Perez. But <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you remember about playing for Steve Sampson and Ralph Perez? Obviously, Steve Sampson went on to do incredible things, not only as the coach of our World Cup team, but other countries as well. My recollection is Ralph was about 28 at the time. So he was really young. And of course, he has that New York accent and a Puerto Rican New York accent. And I had just grown up kind of like learning the game from my friends. And he was able to really kind of like take some of those concepts and say like, hey, you know, here's some things you can do as a team or here's how we can maximize your game. And he was very simple. And yet I could tell like, you know, knew the game well and helped us a lot. When Steve, Steve came, uh, was my fifth year, I'd been injured my fourth year. And he was just like, hey, we're, he had come off, I think, a national championship at UCLA as an assistant coach. And I think he was like, hey, we're not messing around. We're going to win here. And we're going to do these things. Obviously, being new, he was very forceful with, hey, here's what some things we're going to try to implement. So when was it, Rich Manning, when you knew you wanted to be a coach? What did you do when you immediately got out of Santa Clara? Well, I was always hanging around the coach's offices in college. And I, I think they kind of, uh, I had a job literally washing the um, athletic department vans anytime a team went on a trip. So I was always hanging around and learning stuff. I worked camps for those guys in the summers. And as I finished, I graduated in December and I was finishing my fifth year. Steve said, hey, I, I, it was either the high school he attended or one he had coached at in the Bay Area. He said, hey, Mountain View High School needs a coach. Why don't you go do that? So I started right away and I was substitute teaching and doing that. I ended up moving to Southern California. I coached, uh, I taught high school math for 10 years and coached first boys soccer. And then I have a good friend, Larry Draylock, that I met through AB. They're all Cal State LA guys. Larry had started the SoCal Blues Girls Club and he was begging me to coach. And I didn't want to coach girls at all. And Larry's pretty persuasive. And he came and he coached my goalkeepers at the high school team I was coaching. He says, I'll coach your goalies for free if you come help me with the Blues. So that's how I started on the girl side with club. And then I did some girls high school, learned a lot. You know, the, so the California youth scene is like, it's a great fertile ground to learn how to coach because it's competitive and there's a ton of games year round. You know, that was great. I had kept in touch with Santa Clara and Jerry has been the coach. Jerry Smith's been the coach at Santa Clara for the women a long time. And Brandy was his wife, Chastain, as well as his assistant. And when the world, the U.S. women's national team decided to have a residency program after the Olympics in Atlanta, in preparation for the 99 Women's World Cup, 
Brandy had to go to Florida for a year and had to leave the position as assistant coach with Jerry. So that's, Jerry asked me to come and work with him then. So how cool is that? As you think about you first playing under Steve and Ralph, and then you go and have that great experience at youth and high school, which of course, you know, I'm percolating because this is United soccer coaches where we cover every single level, right? Youth, high school, college, pro, you name it. We cover it, which is great. And now you've got a chance to then switch over to the women's side of it and learn from one of the Kings and Jerry Smith. I call him Dr. Jerry Smith, even though he's not a doctor because he's been around that long and he's that impressive. <laughs> How was that experience? Well, it was so great. It was just like, hey, why don't you try college soccer? And the first two years I was there, we didn't lose a game nor trail in a game until the semifinals each year. Wow. And I was like, oh, college soccer, this is easy, you know? <laughs> You know, you just you just do what you do in practice and you win. So we must be brilliant. You know, it was really a special time. I think a lot of the Pac-12 programs out west were maturing, just starting up. And, you know, Portland and Santa Clara were the big dogs then. And I would just happen to be there when we had a lot of great players and good people. Had some really fun times. We we went to the final four, three out of four years and won a championship the last year. So Jerry also, you know, taught me a lot. Two of those players were Mandy Clemens and Allie Wagner. Of course, Allie Wagner, a big time media personality. Now, did you know she had that part of her in her? Allie has always liked to talk, always, <laughs> and had opinions for sure. Yeah, she's great and does not surprise me at all. And I know, you know, Daniel Slayton's doing some, a lot of announcing now. And so is Leslie Osborne. Those guys were all there at that time. Wow, incredible. Yeah, a lot of the media superstars coming out of Santa Clara. I've worked several games with Danielle Slayton, who was on the podcast just a few weeks ago as well. So, all right. So off you go to Utah, 19 seasons, incredible record, 192 wins, including 77 wins against conference opponents. Talk about your 19 years at Utah. Wow. Such a great experience. You know, I lived in California my whole life. So it was a big move for me. When you grow up in California, you know, it could be Utah, Lithuania, Mars, it's just somewhere out there, you know, for the Californians. So it was really a, a great place to be. I got there right after the Olympics. It was a great period of growth for the city and the state. The mountains are beautiful, some really good people. The first half of it was basically in the Mountain West. And then we got this surprise of going into the Pac-12. And that was a huge challenge. I mean, it was in some respects, some of the programs weren't prepared for being in the Pac-12 and they made priority for others. So the huge challenge was how do you, you know, compete against arguably the best conference in the country coming from somewhere else and not having some of the resources. So it was, it was fun, but it was a big challenge. One of the things you did while you were there, again, we got to remind everybody, played under two big-time coaches and Steve Sampson and Ralph, got into the youth game, got into the high school game, both in Northern, Northern California and Southern California, got into the women's game at the college level with Santa Clara, where they won game after game after game. And then during your 19 years, you also spent a little bit of time with the NWSL team that was at one time located in Utah. What was that like, Rich? I loved working with the women, you know, with COVID and they had had kind of a, the ownership shake up there. It was a volatile time for the team and they were just all so welcoming and obviously passionate about soccer in their careers and wanting to do well. 
Amy LaPilbet, who's just one of the, my favorite people in the world, was coaching them at the time to see her kind of shine as a first-time head coach. It was a brief, you know, it was just a couple months. It was a short season, but everything was like uh, first class. And I learned a lot just about how those players train at that level to maintain kind of not only their physical and mental, but their technical, everything, and just kind of take the responsibility to do that. Really excited to have assistant coaches from Stanford and Northwestern on this show, along with Ralph Perez, who happened to be Rich Manning's coach at Santa Clara. Of course, Rich Manning, the assistant coach for Michael Moynihan and Northwestern, who will take on Stanford tonight, eight o'clock on the Big Ten Network. And coach, after 19 years, how hard was that leaving that post as you perhaps maybe wondered what the next step was going to be? Well, I think with COVID, it's been a time for everybody in all walks of life to say, like, what's the big picture here? Where do I want to be and what am, am I going to do? I don't know if you know this. So Michael, the head coach here, is my wife's brother. I love my in-laws and my wife had been out in Salt Lake with me for 13 years. I had met her. She was an assistant coach at Purdue for a long time. The rest of the family has a soccer business. I'm going to give a little promo for Keeper Goals based in Milwaukee. Shout out John Moynihan and Sue, my wife. And they make soccer goals. They do the netting. They do uh, stadium projects. She'd been working in Salt Lake and kind of missing her family. So we said, you know, for the next phase, let's let's go near family. She, their father is still alive and has a big farm up in Wisconsin. So we were going to move to the Milwaukee area. And maybe three weeks later, Michael just had a opening on his staff. And he put me through a very rigorous interview process. I kid you not. It was very difficult. We just talked to see if it would be a good fit, you know, and I'm really, uh, I've really enjoyed being on the staff here. Yeah, because it's interesting. Everybody thought that, in fact, David Nikolich was attached at the hip to Michael Moynihan. Exactly. Yeah, and finally David got the job at, at UIC, so it opened up, and what a nice thing for him. He had that great relationship with David, and obviously you as his brother-in-law, it seems like a natural tie-in, a great fit. How much are you enjoying your now two seasons at Northwestern? It's been really fun. One, not being the head coach, everyone asked me, like, how do you do that? And I think it's very easy after all these years just to see the, a team from a different perspective. We have a good friend, Rob Harrington. He's the men's coach at Milwaukee School of Engineering. And uh, he'd been an assistant coach for Jimmy Banks, the former national team player for many years. And he said, Rich, I have one piece of advice for you as an assistant coach. You have one phrase you need to learn. When any player comes up to you, you say, you're going to have to talk to Michael about that. <laughs> That's my favorite phrase in the world. <laughs> my, my other favorite phrase is if there's a staff meeting and a big decision to be made and just say like, well, I vote for this. You can decide what you want to do <laughs> and then just leave it. But it's been great to kind of have a different perspective on a team and also to, to hear Michael's ideas, you know, on things. We've talked a lot over the years about soccer, but you know, being in it in a day-to-day -day basis is great. Our other assistant, Morgan Rule, is fantastic. And we have a volunteer coach, Dean Harding, who works with us, who coached with Arsenal Academy. And he's been great too. So we, we bounce around a lot of stuff. Well, I like that unity. I like the family. I like the fact that every head coach knows that they're only as good as their coaching staff. Of course, it doesn't hurt to have really good players. And you've been on just about every side 
there is. And as you think about this being the United Soccer Coaches podcast, how has that association helped you along the way as you've had an amazing path, as I mentioned, covering every level of soccer? Well, you know, honestly, up until the time that Sue and I were together for select the last 15 years, I pretty much had used the association for coaching schools and stuff like that. But Sue and Michael and their father, and they've been legendary regulars at the convention every year at the vendor booth and everything with keeper goals. So I went to the convention every year to be with Sue and help out with the booth and just learning so much. It forced me to use those connections even more and learning from people, getting back to youth coaches, coaches from other countries, all levels of college soccer. And I think it's easy when you're in college to kind of isolate yourself. There's so many facets to the job that just soak up your life, the administrative responsibilities, the promotion, the recruiting, the team, the coach association really allows you to stay connected. Awesome to hang out with Rich Manning, the assistant coach with Northwestern after 19 amazing years at Utah. As I mentioned earlier, he played for Ralph Perez and Steve Sampson. Ralph Perez also on today's show. Well, and with this, you're coming off an impressive top 25 win over Xavier 2-0, which is awesome for the Northwestern Wildcats under your brother-in-law, Michael Moynihan. And I love that answer. You have to talk to Michael. That was perfect. But what's got to go right for Northwestern to perhaps shock the world tonight and knock off a very good Stanford team, eight o'clock Eastern time on the Big Ten Network? We're kind of a developing team. We had 14 seniors last year. And one of the things we've learned so far is that we're good. I think our confidence has really grown. And that's the mindset's really important when you play a team like Stanford. And I think our strengths are, you know, ball movement. We have a lot of people that I think are goal hungry. You know, they like to get forward. They like to get in the attacking third and be a triple threat, as we say, you know, pass, dribble, shoot. So we, we want to see if we can do those things against a really good opponent. Like, how's your reading? How's your speed of play? And then defensively, it's just, you know, when the team like Stanford keeps the ball like they do, they force you to make a lot of decisions and a lot of communication. And we want to see if we can do that at a high level throughout 90 minutes. Actually, one more question, because the United Soccer Coaches is so vast, 30,000 members plus, and because you had 19 years as a head coach, can you just talk about the value of assistant coaches so that some of the coaches that are listening out there that are dying to be a head coach but can't quite get there, you know what, they might be in a pretty good place as an assistant coach. Can you just touch on that? One of the hardest things about being a college coach is that you do have a staff. That was one of the hardest things to learn. And when you're a lot of times when you're coaching in high school and youth, it's kind of you, you know, you have your team and you're making all the decisions and you have to take all the responsibility and being able to develop and utilize your staff to its fullest is a skill that I think every head coach needs to learn. And I think if you come from it, starting as assistant coach, you know, to take that step, it gives you a perspective of like, okay, now I know what the assistant coaches are capable of and maybe ways we can be utilized even more. And those are kind of the discussions we have here at Northwestern, you know, weekly, you know, what can we be doing more of? We're all, we're all pretty good coaches and there's four of us, you know, how can we best use our skill set and our experience to help this team? If you are an assistant coach, there's just great value in it. You know, I think, I think your head coaches really need you and you are learning skills that you will use in the next step. No question. 
All right, well said, Rich Manning. Good luck tonight against Stanford, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Can't wait for the call. Really pleased that you could join us on this week's United Soccer Coaches Podcast. It was indeed a pleasure. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate what you do for the coaches. Thanks. We're not done. Coming up, we meet another member of the national staff. Remy Mays is on the podcast when we return. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team club or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches, less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Another favorite part of my show is getting to know members of the national staff office out in Kansas City. And this young woman I've really enjoyed working with over the years as she spearheaded the 30 under 30 program. And if you've been listening, you know that we've talked to every member the last three years. I'm really proud of that. And I think Remy Mays is too. She's now moving on a little bit. Remy Mays is the member services representative for United Soccer Coaches. And Remy Mays joins me now on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Remy, great to have you on finally. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, let's start with the connection you and I had with the 30 under 30 class because let me tell you, those members have gone on to do incredible things. I just want to get you caught up to date. Marguerite Elazasa is a 30 under 30 member back in 2017. A recent 30 under 30 is Molly Paletto, who's on her staff. Well, they just rolled into North Carolina. They beat number two Duke. They beat number one North Carolina, and they're number one in the country. And those are two 30 under 30 members on their staff. How cool is that? That's that's so awesome. Just really proud of them. They were like a really big part of the program. So really happy for them. Yeah, I knew you would be, but uh, I'm happy to spend time with you. So let's start from the very, very beginning, Remy Mays. Where did you grow up? Tell me about your family, what your mom and dad did, and we'll work our way to how United Soccer Coaches was lucky enough to find you. Yeah, I was born and raised here in Kansas City great town area. So I grew up since the age of, I think, maybe four playing soccer. So soccer has always been a big part of my life. My family has always supported me in that. I have an older brother who first started playing soccer. So, you know, as the youngest, I just always wanted to do everything that he did. So that's kind of what got me into it. And then, you know, my parents, they just took us everywhere on the traveling teams, college, they just supported us all through the way. So they're retired now, but they have, you know, time for themselves now. So, so growing up, I heard you say your brother played soccer, but you also played soccer. And then did you play in college as well, Remy? Yeah. So I had a couple of serious injuries in high school. So I didn't play too much further after a uh, community college. I just started playing for fun after I graduated. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So tell us uh, what college you went to and what you majored in. 
Yeah. So I went to Blue River, which is a local community college here in the Kansas City area. That was just kind of, you know, general studies and then played there. And then I moved on to Missouri State University, which is in Springfield. And there I studied intercultural communications with a minor in diversity studies. We're here with Remy Mays, the member services representative for United Soccer Coaches. And before we came on the air, you actually said that you're actually going to be handing down some of the duties of the 30 under 30. Tell us about that transition. I'm handing it off to Allison Pronsky. She's just going to kind of take over the program as a whole. Of course, I'll be helping out with, you know, all of the ins and outs of it, kind of teaching her how we do things for the 30 and the 30 program, scheduling and applications, everything like that. So I'll still be around, but just, you know, kind of helping out. Remy, one of the things that really stood out for me during COVID is when we did the virtual convention, you were in the office area part, and we had a lot of people signing up late and trying to get on, and you always were really, really calm, and you were kind of the go-to person. Do you remember that? And clearly, everybody at United Soccer Coaches knew that you're calm and, and you're always in control. And Talk about that role you played during the virtual convention. Yeah, so I actually had a lot of fun. Uh, it mostly went smoothly, just helping members out, getting registered, getting them logged into whatever you know sessions they wanted to attend. Convention is just all around just a really fun time. So just enjoying helping members getting to where they need to go, answering any questions. It's what I do on the day to day. So it's just really fun for me helping them out. All right. Bouncing around a little bit with Remy Mays, as you told part of your story growing up. So you get out of college. Where's your first stop? What did you do first? I was actually ready to go off to college. So like right after community college, I was ready to get out the house and go to Missouri State, just hang out with my friends and get to really know the university experience instead of like the community college. It's a big difference. Both were enjoyable, but I was just ready to go and get into the classes and learn. I actually really, really enjoyed school. So I was a bit of a nerd, but okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so after school, did you go right to United Soccer Coaches or was there something in between United Soccer Coaches? There were some things in between. I kind of took maybe a six month-ish break before I started my you know, very first full-time job. Funny enough, like all of my full-time jobs were here in the downtown area. So this is kind of like home, this particular area. So yeah, I took a little bit of a break before, you know, coming here. All right. So how did we find you? How did United Soccer Coaches find Remy Mays? How did Remy Mays find United Soccer Coaches? Did you see a posting? Did you know somebody? How'd you get in? Yeah. So I realized after, you know, a couple of my other full-time jobs that were involved in soccer, that I was kind of missing the environment, missing the sports world, specifically soccer. So I was just kind of searching for something in this role. I just went on Indeed, found the job listing and applied, and here I am. It's pretty straightforward. So I was lucky enough to find something like this. So how many years has United Soccer Coaches had your incredible services, Remy? How long have you been with the association? I am coming up on four years. I think at the end of this month, it'll be four years. So. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the highlights of those four years. What are some of the key things you really enjoy about your role with United Soccer Coaches, Remy? I really, really enjoy like the college services era, which, you know, we're getting back into school. I think just hearing coaches talk about their journeys and all of their like accomplishments with the college services. Sometimes coaches come in on the phone and want to just get logged in. But like after you start talking to them, 
it's just like an incredible experience. So college services and then, of course, convention is just the best time of the year. All right. Well, hopefully you'll laugh with me a little bit, Remy, because when I first met you, I saw a young woman that was very, very focused, a little bit quiet. I was um, not scared, but I kind of wanted to keep you in your zone. You know what I mean? I wasn't quite sure. So just yeah. kind of talk about your general approach to your day-to-day -day job. And should I have been scared or, or what do you think, Remy? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think I am a bit more on the quiet side, which is probably why it took me so long to even get on the podcast. But funny enough, I talk to members all day and I'm still a bit like quiet, but no, I'm just kind of just come into my job and just really focus helping members out. That's pretty much it. Just a little bit on the quiet side. But once you get to talk to me, it's pretty simple. Yeah. And <laughs> pretty I easy going. It. Yeah, very much. And anytime I was struggling to get that final, that number 29 or number 30 for the United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 on the podcast, you were there to help me. You had it organized. You put it in Excel. You put it online. So it was pretty incredible. You know, along the way, obviously, these last four years and, and really for that matter, you know, for as long as we've been around, there's been some tumultuous times as it relates to black, white relations. And here you are a beautiful black woman. And you see Nicole Hercules step up for the black soccer coaches community as well. How important is that for you in this role as a young black woman? Oh, it's, it's extremely important. Like I said, I grew up playing soccer. So there weren't too many people around who looked like me players, let alone coaches. So having diversity and representation is something that I hold dear to my heart. So seeing the Black coaches, advocacy groups, and just different advocacy groups, like represent their community, represent what, you know, soccer looks like. That's just something that's super important to me. So really Ooh. glad to see that. Yeah, well, thank you for that. You know, moving forward today with Jeff Van Dusen as the new CEO from afar, I'm seeing him hire a woman as the COO and I'm seeing more diversity. Are you seeing that as well within the association, Remy? Absolutely. I think Jeff thinks diversity is important as well. So representation is extremely, extremely important. And I'm glad we're, we're getting there too. All right, let's get back to Remy Mays as the sports person. You said soccer, but you're right there in Kansas City, a great sports town. Are there other sports teams that you like to follow, Remy? Soccer is the big one. Uh, I would say, no, really really just soccer. That's that's it. I enjoy watching other sports, but as far as like following, I don't really follow, but I do enjoy watching all sports and playing all sports as well, so... Okay, so does that mean are you going to KC Current Games and Sporting KC Games when you can? Yes, yep, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things to do. Sporting Park is just a really, really beautiful park. Yeah, it is. And then seeing what the current are doing and doing it with pretty much all women, how's that make you feel? Excited. I'm glad to see it. It's just something that little girls in sports and soccer can really look up to and say, hey, that's something that I can actually achieve. So. Love to see that. All right. Around the corner, Remy Mays, coming up in January, it'll be here before you know it, is yet another convention. What is your specific role or primary role at the convention? Yeah, so I deal with registration, helping members register for all of the sessions, adding on meal tickets, and then just all around general questions um, that they have, or even walking people to and from different sessions when they get lost. So kind of deal with all of the general FAQ types of things. So 
All right, Remy, I have to ask you this question because you and I were so tied to the 30 under 30 program. I never let anybody go without asking that crystal ball question. Here you are now four years at United Soccer Coaches. Your role continues to evolve because you're a big time talent. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, have you thought about where Remy Mays might want to be? I have thought about it. That's just like the million dollar question. <laughs> um, I would say something kind of similar into this role. I really do enjoy like project management, helping people out. So I would say probably somewhere in the project management role in soccer. So that'd be some, that'd be like a dream. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I said that was my last question, but I have to ask one more because I love your name. I don't know anybody else named Remy. I think that is a really cool name. I don't know if it's short for anything or what your full name is, but what do you know about uh, why your mom and dad named you Remy? Because it's a beautiful name. Oh, it's uh, not really that interesting of a story. Uh, <laughs> my dad or my mom told me that my dad was just kind of scrambling and he just to put letters together and different ways on how to spell Remy. So China just pulled it out of the air and they it stuck. So it's stuck <laughs> <they went> with. <laughs> and it works. Remy Mays, the member services representative for United Soccer Coaches. She does not seek the spotlight. She does deserve the spotlight, folks, because she gets the job done and she gets it done efficiently. Remy Mays, sorry it took so long to get you on the podcast, but so glad we finally made it happen. Thank you so much for being on this week's show. Thank you, Dean. It's, it was a pleasure. All right. Remy Mays, real and genuine. Good stuff, Remy. I want to thank Remy and all of our guests. I also want to thank Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, Toby, Steve, Pat. You know who you are, all the great people at United Soccer Coaches. I also want to thank our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Lee Gaps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about Lee Gaps, find them at leagueapps.com or as Lee Gaps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.